Yes, you are. Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. Don't forget, uh, it's... Uh, hey, hey, Jeannie, uh, this is Daniel down here in Olympia. Um, uh, oh, it's Daniel. I'm just yeah. curious if you guys had any more of that entertainment on the Cairo Radio Show. Starring John Curley and Sherry Ellicker. Yeah, thank sure. you, Daniel. Appreciate what, what did you say your name was? It's Daniel. He's from, uh, where is he from again? It's like third time he's Olympia. come on. Olympia. Olympia. There we go. Diving in, Leno! You too want to be made famous over and over and over again like Daniel. You can just go to the uh, John and Sherry show Instagram page. Oh, that's the cheese. Yes, it is. Careful. Uh, S-H-A-R-I. Some people have been confusing Sherry's name. I don't know why. They, you know, they're right. John and Sherry Show. Instagram page. Click on uh, being able to connect to our voicemail. And then, you know, you could leave a message. You could say whatever you want. We'll play it on the air. Very, very low standards. Um, should we? Let's see. Sherry, let's do a sort of a vote here. Update on the Kansas City shooting. Usually no new news on it. Um, or the stuff that was falling out of the ceiling of the airplane. Uh, I think we know everything there is to know so far with the Kansas City shooting. There's two people in custody, but they haven't been arrested yet, and it was a dispute. And so I think that's probably been talked about. That's it. Okay. It's one of those things you just keep spinning in your own, you know, your own tire treads there. There's nothing new about it. People have heard it already. Tragic. And, of course, uh, people have lost their life and the rest, so... But moving on, um, not to dismiss, dismiss it out of hand. It's, it is tragedy. It unfortunately, it unfolds, and it takes away the great joy that everybody was hoping to experience there, celebrating the Kansas City Chief win. I'm going to say something good about what fell out of the ceiling. Here, This is the a flight in, from Amsterdam to Detroit. And a woman is sitting there in the, well, I'll let the guys from Fox, uh, Detroit. Philip shot looked across the aisle, seemed like a prank, wiggly maggots like these falling from the overhead bin. I don't really know what was going through my mind. I was trying to process it, discuss uh, it's one thing, of course. Philip on board Delta Airlines flight 133, Amsterdam to Detroit. He says he saw at least a dozen fall on the poor woman next to him, then more. You pushed the call button. You gotta then wait because you're about to take off. And we had to wait there for help to actually come. He slithered into. Oh, see, see, right there. I wouldn't have done that. I want to get out of there. I want to get home. I don't want to delay. You see it fall. The stuff, the maggots are falling on the person next. You know, now there's going to be a delay. Like, oh my god. Suppose you have a connection or something, right? She just, she's screaming. Flight attendant comes by. Nope, nope, nothing, no problem. Just, let's go. Let's take off. Let's whoosh, let's get going. While it's raining maggots. <laughs> raining maggots. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't raining. It was a, like he said a few. He, you know, it wasn't like she was covered in them. But we'll continue. Sherry, if you really wanted to get home to Detroit from the Netherlands, would you two have also complained? Because you know now it's going to be like an hour delay. Maybe they got to change flights, made a new plane. Just tell the lady next to you, just you know what, grin and bear it for the rest of us. If if it were that close to me, of course I would complain. That's gross, and you don't know how many maggots the the culprit was a, a rotting fish in a guy's oh, oh. luggage, overhead luggage, 
that he had wrapped uh-huh. in newspaper. So I don't know how quickly maggots multiply, but you never well, know. By the well, end of the flight, that's a long flight. There could be thousands of them. Wiggly maggots like these falling from the overhead bin. I don't really know what was going through my mind. I was trying to process it. Disgust uh, is one thing, of course. Philip on board Delta Airlines Flight 133, Amsterdam to Detroit. He says he saw at least a dozen fall on the poor woman next to him, then more. You push the call button. You gotta then wait because you're about to take off. We had to wait there for help to actually come. He slithered into another seat to get away. When help came, the flight attendants tracked the insects to a passenger's bag in the overhead bin. They found out that there was a rotten fish in there. The fish wrapped in a newspaper, and the guy who put it there stood up and actually claimed it. But I did see everyone's reaction to the bag being opened, which was just an immediate pinching of the nose. They took the not-so-precious cargo to the back of the plane, then a message from the pilot and... So gross. <laughs> the people in the back take it to the back of the plane. I mean, it's bad enough you're in the back, right? No, don't take it up to first class. Not no, those of you. Take it to the back. People <sighs> way in the back next to the toilets. Take it back Now there. we're into the flight. The pilot notified the plane of what was going on and made the call to turn the plane around. Back oh. to Amsterdam. Philip says he didn't see the fish maggot guy get detained or anything. Philip no. got on another flight back to the States a few hours later, more than right. happy to get off that flight. Uh, beyond the grossness of it, how in the heck did a rotting fish get through security? I am surprised that both a rotten fish and live maggots were not picked up on uh, security staff. Delta releasing a statement to us apologizing to those passengers. They say they pulled that aircraft for cleaning. I sure hope so. Reporting from Detroit Metro Airport, Jessica Dupnack on the edge. Yeah, you up there flying at 16,000 feet. You wish the door would fly off so you could throw the fish out, right? Well, stand by for the lawsuits. The trauma of maggots. I mean, it is gross. It's horrible, and and he, what's he doing with that fish? I mean, I don't I don't blame security for not pointing it out. I don't think they have you know a like X ray fish machines, <laughs> <laughs> or maggot detectable you know radiography or whatever. Well, I don't think that. Well, when that person would come into customs, they say, "Do you have anything you purchased? Are you carrying any fruits, vegetables, any food at all?" Guy would be like, "Oh, I got this. I got this maggot infested fish." Um, Sure, I'd like you to listen, and I'll say something positive about maggots. Um, but first, why don't you take a listen to this? No, that's not the sound of a juicy piece of steak sizzling on the barbecue. <laughs> you ready? Mm, not really. That's the sound of millions and millions of maggots chewing their way through a juicy piece of steak Ugh. out here in Nairobi National Park. Hi, I'm Paula Kuhumbu, and I'm here in the Nairobi National Hi, Park Paula. with Dino Martins, and we're looking at a cow that's died just in the river right on the edge of oh, National Park. Oh, God, this just gets worse. He's trying to convince me that I really should care much more for the tiny little critters, even if they really stink. Well, it's not the maggots that stink, but it's... See, sure, it's not the maggots. Let's keep this in perspective. It's actually the putrefying mm-hmm. tissues of the cow. Yeah, it's the cow. How... 
who made a video of a dying or a dead rotten cow and maggots eating it? What, to just tell everybody the maggots don't smell? Wow, there is a headline. Hold on, there's 23 more seconds. (laughs) You need to open your mind, young lady. A young, beautiful woman like yourself has an opportunity to learn something. digging out from under. It's not going to work. Oh, 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 no. You want to cover me with maggots? You know what? Here's what happened, folks. At the beginning of the show, I made some offhanded joke, because that's what I do. I'm the offhanded joke guy. And then all of a sudden, Sherry's like... Uh, uh, oh, sensitive. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're in a hole. Stop digging. Or what'll happen? You'll see. And the more the maggots feed, actually, there'll be less and less stink. Because what the maggots will do is take the flesh, feed on it, and turn it into fat maggots that turn into flies that turn into food there for we go. fly there catchers we go. and drongos and. Basically, it means this cow will turn into flycatchers, into drongos, into dragonflies, into all these other things in the ecosystem. Beautiful, beautiful creatures. Transforming nature. Yes. There's nothing more encouraging than a fat maggot. (laughs) They'll turn into fat maggots, which are lovely. Yeah, then they turn into uh, butterflies and stuff like that. It's a circle of life. I think Elton John said it best, Mm -hmm. Sherry. Yeah, it's essential because then they they help create uh, more bio uh, sort of nutrients for the ground, and then flowers grow, and then the food for the birds, and, food that's for everything right, else. I cut the flowers, I make it a beautiful bouquet, and I send it to you. And I the note says, "Dear Sherry, <laughs> these flowers are are in, are pale in comparison to your beauty." But Rose these flowers are not. Uh huh. The, the 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 flowers are not going to bloom on the inside of a carry-on bag where there's thousands of maggots. I mean, if those are just the ones that <laughs> fell out on her head, imagine how many there were in there. Fair point. Okay, Joe, you're not allowed to be keeping score like that. <laughs> Teeny, how about me? Do I get a couple of points? What do you got for me, Teeny? Give me something over there. What do you got? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Putin says, by the way, if uh, he was going to vote in uh, the election, which apparently the Russians were very involved in 2016, uh, he says he'd, he'd like to see Joe Biden win. Why does he want Biden to win over Trump? He says that Biden is uh, more predictable and mm-hmm. he likes that. Um, he said that Biden give, gives him everything that he wants, whereas Trump would not. Hmm. I'm sorry, that's what Trump said. Trump said Biden gives him everything he wants, including all the money for, you know, Ukraine or or letting him invade Ukraine. Trump wouldn't do that. Oh, I see. Yeah. You really would rather have somebody predictable, right? It's the insane man policy that Nixon talked about when uh, Kissinger told him, they think you're crazy. And he goes, good, let them think I'm crazy. And the same sort of thing people, Trump wasn't doing it intentionally, but these other people are like, that guy's nuts. Right. It's crazy. You don't know what he's going to do. Totally unpredictable. They like somebody predictable. You got Joe Biden in there being predictable. Biden or Putin also said that when it came to ask him, what did you think about your interview there with Tucker Carlson? And he's like, uh, translates into too many softballs, not an interesting uh, interview. And I think he described Tucker Carlson as um, possibly weak. Um, so. Wasn't impressed yeah. overall with uh, Tucker's two-hour no. boring interview. He said, to be honest, I thought he would be more aggressive and ask tough questions. Um, he said he was ready for him, and he was just 
disappointed that he didn't ask you know any questions. He asked him softball questions. And um, he said, I wasn't ready for that. I wanted it because it would have given me the chance to explain myself more. But, you know, Putin went on for, what, two hours talking about the history of Russia? Right. And so Tucker would try to get a question in, and the guy would then just filibuster for what seemed like 40 minutes on each question. Oh, it just wears you out, tires you down. But uh, Putin Putin endorsing uh, Biden for uh, 2024. By the way, just quick side note, Matt Taibbi uh, and uh, two other investigative reporters have done an amazing job. I'm going to highly recommend it. It's quite long. There's going to be three pieces to it. They have been working on this thing for about two or three years, and they're finding out how um, the whole 2016 Russia-Trump um, story and where it came from, what was the genesis of it? How was the CIA involved in it? It's wild. I mean, really wild. And he said it took a long time for them to get all the sources on it. He made sure each one of the sources that were talking to them independently had the same story. Uh, and it's a three-part series. And it's just fascinating to see how all of that was happening behind the scenes and how the CIA was directly involved. And they actually the ones that actually created the Russia Trump story and then how the CIA was bumping. That's a term that they use. They had 28 uh trump uh advisors and people that are working with him in the campaign that they would uh uh target to try to get information from or plant information from and then try to flip them or have them work with them is the cia directly involved according to matt Taibbi, um with spying on the trump campaign and it's a three-part series if you want to get into that uh, one other kind of sad, weird story is uh, Fania Willis. Willis, she takes the stand. This is the um, woman in Georgia, special prosecutor that's going to do the RICO case against Trump. You find out that she was having an affair with this other guy, and then she put him on the case with her. As much as six hundred or seven hundred and some thousand dollars was taken from one. Um, budget line given over to him, and then the two of them went on vacations together. It doesn't seem to be doing. It's going to be going well for her. She had to testify. And she is in court basically saying, you know, well, this is well. Here's I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. Well, she's not on trial as much as they want to find out. When did you start having this relationship with this other attorney who has zero experience when it comes to a RICO case? Why did you choose this attorney? Um, where did the money go? Where did the money come from that you used to pay him? And then you guys went on a bunch of vacations together. Uh, she's claiming racism, which is weird because everybody involved in it is black. Uh, one of the people that brought the case against her was her now new paramour, her boyfriend. It was his ex-wife uh that started some of uh this ball rolling and now you're going to find out that it looks like willis and what's her boyfriend's name nate um something he's connor he's also connor's he's <laughs> <laughs> okay all right okay no. no i watched this today i watched this today you did? and there's yeah i did and uh, you know, everybody's contradicting everybody else about dates. This started then. This started then. I mean, it, they really grilled both of them. And she was, you know, ready for it. He was not so much. But, uh, yeah, there's no way you can watch this and not determine that they were involved with each other. Uh, the question becomes whether or not, you know, 
there was if if she spent the taxpayers money and used that money to go on these lavish vacations and all of that he says she paid them back paid him back in cash uh mm-hmm. and he has no record of it no check right. no nothing nathan wade and they want to know where the money come from to draw out where was it coming from he was taking cash out of an atm Looks like she brought her boyfriend on to work on this case and then paid him money. They want to know where the money come from, where the money come from to go on these uh, vacations, and um, just what was your relationship all about. So it looks like the last thing I'd seen, they're probably going to kick her off and then they got to find somebody else to pick this case up again. Yes, sir. Here we go. First, you know what? That car of yours needs to go to Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers because they've got 16 locations in 53 years. They've been around longer than Sherry, and that's the best place to take that car is Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. <laughs> were you in D.C. when the Sperminator, that case, came up? Remember that story? You were there. You were working there at that time about the guy that got caught. He was a fertility doctor that apparently was using his own product and had used it on a number of women this case the that's what the, the word they came up with for that guy i think he got caught i don't know what they charged him with these stories come up more and more and now netflix has got a special or a piece out there called our father there's another one out there about something babies this happens quite a lot because apparently there aren't a lot of laws regarding fertility doctors and the source for inseminating um and helping through IVF and other things like that. So here's another story. So this particular woman ends up, and this is interesting because this last week, I think I had made some comment to you um, about, uh, we were doing sort of a little play acting or something, and you found out that, if you found out, oh, is that the person had found out that they had accidentally had an affair, I think with their brother. And at that point, you, I said, if that had happened to you, what would you do? You go, oh, I would set myself on fire. Um, I don't know if this woman's going to do that, but in this case, she finds out uh, that because the, 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 her mother had been inseminated and then she, it she's very close to her brother. I mean, and I mean, I'll just put it out there. I mean, I, I was intimate with my half brother. But you didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah. They couldn't have known. In the early 2000s, they were two teenagers growing up in Wallingford, Connecticut, a suburb like any other, where Victoria Hill met her high school boyfriend. This, I think, was junior year. Obviously, you're dating here. Yeah. What Victoria didn't know then... My husband and I tried for a while, and it wasn't working. What was the infertility world like back then? Back then, everything was was kept quiet. was kept not really secret-secret, but it wasn't advertised. Her mother, Marilee Hill, turned to a New Haven, Connecticut fertility specialist, Dr. Burton Caldwell. She says Dr. Caldwell told her he would inseminate her using an anonymous medical student's sperm. Hill got pregnant. There's babe me. I kind of erased it in my mind that they weren't um, my husband's biological children. Until recently, when Victoria took a commercially available DNA test, curious about her health history. To her shock, she found half-siblings she never knew existed. One of them reached out, revealing their biological father is Dr. Caldwell. 
when I opened it up, it basically just kind of put out there, what you're seeing is some half siblings because we believe that the doctor that did your mother's fertility treatment might be our biological father. And I just, I just remember sitting there just being like, just like, what, what is happening? Victoria's high school boyfriend who asked his identity be concealed was also donor conceived. His parents also used Dr. Caldwell. The boyfriend took a DNA test. He texted me and it was a screenshot of the 23andMe connection. And it said, you are my sister. What? <laughs> We're siblings? I kind of blame the parents. Whoa. Well, I don't Whoa. blame them, but I think it's really unfair to not tell a kid that they are either adopted or that they were conceived in a different way. I mean, maybe not when they're little, but as they get mm -hmm. older, especially when they become adults, because why should somebody be surprised by that information or have to hear it from somebody else. I think the parents need to sit down and say, this was a situation. I mean, they still were loving parents. They still raised this person, but to not let them know. So they have to discover this and be shocked. Um, not that she would have ever thought, gosh, before I go out on a date with that guy, I wonder if right. he's my brother. Something I really like about that guy. He feels just like feel so close to him for some reason. <laughs> Plus, he's so attractive. What's a half, brother? Does that make you feel half okay? No, not really. I mean, it's better than a full brother or a stepbrother. Hmm? No. Wow. Because if you grew up in the same house, that's oh yeah, that's not good. So in is in the sort of list of grossness it goes full brother <laughs> I can't believe you're making this I can't believe you're making this list This is okay. Sherry's list by for the way some, no, list. For somebody this that hates list. lists <laughs> No I'm just saying it's it's full brother is half brother off the is charts. should be grosser than stepbrother if we're no. just talking genetics Let's Sherry so the list is Full brother, grossest, stepbrother, step and then half-brother? Yeah, because stepbrother, if you grew up in the same house, that's that's not good. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm but just... you're, you're but generally against the whole idea of... <laughs> okay. Incest? Yeah, I am generally against. I will take a stand on this and say incest is not a good idea. Right. It's bad. Very bad. Nice. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Sherry Ellicott. You may remember me from... Oh, okay. The, no incest. Good idea. Yeah. The, the potty training that goes bad. Leave this one in here, Joe. Somewhere there's, there's no there's there's this this sound there's no sound from this story, unfortunately. Okay, I mean, so is it? Fortunately, it had to happen in another country somewhere, right? Was mm -hmm. it some? It was Australia. Yeah, yeah, then island here, yeah, a bunch of criminals <laughs> down there. Okay, <laughs> so, so what happened for the for the mom that was trying to teach her kid how to be potty trained? Well, they were all at this park or this playground or something, and this mom took her little kid over to the tree, a tree, and let him go to the bathroom. Okay. The bad one. 
And um, (laughs) uh, and then she attempted to clean it up, but she only had like a small amount of cleanup materials and she left some of it there. (laughs) And uh, the other mothers, well, some of them were horrified and just Uh disgusted at her letting them do that. Other mothers were saying, why are you being so judgmental? Maybe the kid really had to go, and she didn't want him to go in his pants, and that's why she took an alternative. Um, I'm going to defend the mom um, because not not the bad one, but number one, I was a little kid. I think I was three or four years old, and we were in this fancy department store in Philadelphia. My mom, my son needs to go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah, the bathroom is for employees only. I know, but he really had, and I'm doing the pee-pee dance, you know, like, <laughs> and can he just, I'll go in with him. Let me just go in with him. No, you can't. It's not. There was, because we couldn't make it to the bathroom, whatever it was. So they had a fountain in the middle of the store. And my mom picked me up, put me on the edge of the fountain, and just had me tinkle right into the fountain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> was that fountain being used for anything like like not a water around? fountain? Sure. But, not a water I mean, fountain. No, it was a big sort of decorative fountain. It was big. Well, you know, wasn't like oh look at that. Don't go, you know, don't go in the fountain. It was a decorative thing, and that they would, you know. Well, that's better. You know, throw it. <laughs> well, fountains often have little cherubs peeing into them anyway. You know, that's little- true. there you go. Yeah, there right. you go. I was like I wonder- a lie. I was a living cherub. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> yes, but your mother probably wouldn't have had you go in the fountain if it was something other than pee pee. You mean the bad one? Yes, the bad one. Absolutely. In fact, what, I was at Green Lake one day, and this lady had her kid do the bad one in the little wading pool thing, which oh. I was. I was disgusted, and these people are standing. You know, to, oh, no one wants to say anything. They don't want to say anything to the woman. So I said something, and then I used to read the rant and rave section of the Seattle Times <laughs> on Sunday, and it was in there. It's like uh, rave for the man who stood up and confronted the woman. Who I was like, hey, that's me. Nice. I, that was me. I was in the rant and rave. <laughs> Finally, some good press. Right, and then like four years later, I was in the rant section. I saw a guy on a yellow motorcycle with a, a cell phone jammed into his helmet driving down Fifth Avenue. I was like, hey, that's me! That's me! The yin well, and yang, Sherry. The right. yin and yang. Ooh, worthwhile goal, getting in that rant and rave column. Love the rant and rave column. Well, this is good to know. Maybe we've got some, uh, are they apes, monkeys, or gorillas? What are these guys out there? Oh, chimps, chimpanzees, right? It's all of them. Oh, all of them together. Well, apparently they've got a sense of humor, so maybe they're tuning into the show or making them laugh every once in a while. And then also delivering news. That's the tame part of the show, the inner, the newstainment of the whole thing. Yes, ape-tainment. Ape-tainment. And in the name of science, we're going to tickle him. Scientists have. But bonobos do something even more surprising. Oh, bonobos. To demonstrate that, we found ourselves a little volunteer. And in the name of science, 
we're going to tickle him. It sounds like he's ill. It does. So I mean, it's tick- not why do you have to say tickle tickle when you're tickling somebody? It's a good like, question, John. Okay. And tickling is huh? mean. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. If you've never been tickled, or if you're tickled, I'm really ticklish. And it, it's it's like you, it's really, you know, you feel like you're being violated. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Note to self. It's Dr. Dan. <laughs> Scientists have only recently discovered that laughter is not unique to humans. I can't help wow. laughing. <laughs> Just like us, for bonobos, laughter is a form of communication. <laughs> And what laughter is doing, it's a signal that tells other individuals, I want to continue playing with you. I want to continue interacting with you. Yeah, Sherry, if I were tickling you, that's what it means. I want to continue to (laughs) interact with you. In humans, for example, conversations that have laughter last longer. Is that the woman from Belgium that's like the sex expert? What's her name? Uh, Dr. Ruth? (laughs) <laughs> no. I, I no. don't know any other sex experts. <laughs> no, I think that's who that is. She's fascinating. They study bonobos because the relationships are very similar to humans, but then they're, they're a little bit more brandy than, mm. yeah. The, she, the study that they do is monogamy, and bonobos are not monogamous. I think pigeons and Catholics are monogamous, um, but they, they look at monogam- monogamy between a the human species is unnatural, and then they make the comparison to bonobos. And if we didn't have monogamy, we would all be running around like bonobos. Um, bonobos whole... are also led by women; they're females. Yes, they're they're great. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to know the kind of things that make these apes and things laugh? Yes. So one of them is, and they say that, that, that kids as young as like eight months, they already are starting to develop a sense of humor because they like to do things like they give you something and they take it away. That type uh, of thing. But the apes, yeah. um, they do things that are intentionally provocative. They wave or swing a body part in front of somebody else. <laughs> um, they, they hit or poke the other monkey or ape. Um, they'll stare at them. And they'll pull their hair. These are all teasing things. They mostly tease, and that's how they—that's uh-huh. how they come up with the laughter part. Were they swinging their tails? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's a body part. Sounds kind of like Nate. Hey, I'm he in does. the room, oh. man. <laughs> oh, no, no. Nate sounds more like a goat. Yeah, there that's we go. Fair. All right.